Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. So here we are, you know, the middle of August. I just sent my uh, son back to uh, Colorado State University for his second year. And it got me thinking back, um, you know, when I went to college. I, I actually had graduated high school and, you know, did all the things I needed to do. I took the ACT test. I applied to a bunch of colleges. But I did not accept any of them that I was uh, accepted to. I did not, you know, commit to any of them, I guess I should say. And at that point in my life, I had been working at this little grocery store for five years. I started there when I was 13, just doing the basics, like, you know, sweeping the parking lot and cleaning the meat market. That was my main job. And by the time I was 16, I had the keys to the store. I was basically opening and closing, managing, uh, working 40 hours a week in the summer and 20 plus during school. And I was very comfortable. You know, I, I, I had something in my hand that I knew. And so I just wasn't sure if I was going to go to college or not. You know, was it worth it? Um, there's a lot of unknown to go into college itself, specifically the, the, the fear of the unknown, what was kind of keeping me back. I didn't have parents that had actually gone to college. My mom went to two-year kind of bookkeeping school at a local a little college, but I didn't have any, anybody in my family that had gone to a university, so nobody, you know, nobody to really ask about that experience. So how do I register? Um, who am I going to live with? What are the classes like? Basically, I just didn't understand the process of going to university, and you know, I just didn't have anybody to really fall back on and ask questions in my family on that. And then there was a friend of mine um, that, that grew up and went to high school with me. He was a year ahead of me, and he had been going to a college down the road, Adam State College, which is now part of, uh, you can get a, a university degree there. But back at the time, it was just a, a college, and a lot of kids would start out there. So he had started out there the year before. And he was going to transfer up to Colorado State University. And we started talking one day in the summer. And he said, yeah, I'm going to go up there. And he started explaining the process to me and what you do. And I was like, well, what's college like? And what's this? And what's that? Well, it turned out that he was able to help me understand that process, what I needed to do to actually get registered, to go to classes, what it was going to like. He had already had a year at the college. And he was going to go to the university. And his mom and dad had both graduated from Colorado State University. So I ended up registering. I ended up accepting my offer to Colorado State University. I registered for classes there in the summer, went up actually in August and registered for the classes. And I was able to live with uh, this friend from high school, which was my roommate. So it was just kind of an interesting transition. And often, you know, in life, we are faced with these decisions when we are transferring from one stage to another, you know, graduating school, leaving the nest, so to speak, starting a career, changing a career getting married, you know, raising kids for those of you out there that have done that. And then we're faced with a big challenge, retirement. And again, retirement itself is full of unknowns. You know, what do you do with your 401k if you worked for a company for 30 years? Do you go out and find a financial advisor? How do you find that financial advisor? How do you know he's a good one? Or do you just throw the money in a, a mutual fund? Do you leave it with your company? So you start there, right? What do you do with your 401k? Where do you go to live? Are you going to try to age in your home? Can you afford to stay there? Can you manage that home? Um, do you want to age in that home? Do, or do you want to kind of downsize so you don't have to do as much work? You know, you've got to figure those kind of things out. Where are your kids? Do you want to live closer to them? Then the big million-dollar question is how long will your money last? Are we okay? Is there a chance that we might run out of money? I think that's the biggest threat out there and the biggest risk that we all worry about is running out of money. And then, of course, what's our quality of life going to be? Is our health going to hold up? Can we remain independent? These are all the unknowns as we roll into retirement. If we can't remain independent, if our health doesn't hold up, how are we going to get the help we need? You know, and these are some difficult questions and difficult things to think about. And there's, you know, there's really not an answer for a lot of them, especially with regard to the quality of your life, to your health, because that can change in a dime. And I, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there listening that have seen this, they've gone through it, or maybe they've experienced it themselves or watched a loved one. So it's the unknown that many of us are worried about, yet most people out there just haven't taken the time to wrap their mind around what can happen. 
and especially when we're talking about our health, what can happen in an extended healthcare situation and what is at risk, particularly, you know, physically, emotionally, and financially. Those are those consequences that come with these long-term care situations. And it's kind of funny because it's still the number one reason why people run out of money in this country during their retirement years is because what they call unpaid medical bills, which is, again, long-term care. Because remember, long-term care is an extended health care event that your Medicare insurance isn't going to pay. And it's the number one reason. And this is a statistic that, you know, it's kind of a joke in the, in the, in the insurance world that there's this statistic out there that says that running out of money is, is, you know, that's the number one fear that people have in retirement. It's not ending up in a nursing home. It's not ending up in the emergency room. It's running out of money before they die. And so last week I was discussing why enough people are not planning, why they don't have long-term care insurance in this country, why they haven't gone through the process to kind of put a plan in place. And the article I was reading touched on a very important point. And that point is that a lot of people just don't understand what long-term care is or who pays for it. And now, to be fair on this, the issue is relatively new in the big scope of things. I mean, in fact, if you go back to prior of the summer, summer of 1965, it's when Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Medicare and Medicaid into law. Prior to that, there just wasn't anything to plan. I mean, basically what you did is you used your money and you relied on family and you hoped for the best. That's how retirement went. You worked, a lot of people just worked until they died. And then if they did retire, they might have a few years and they hoped that their family could take care of them and they didn't run out of money. And that was really it. So 1965 is really when Medicaid came in. And after Medicaid was established, now there was a so-called safety net that would help pay for nursing home stays. But again, the catch is it's a safety net. You've already burned through all your assets. You've gone through all your resources. And this was really important because not everybody had four or five kids that were all going to pitch in and take care of them. So even back in the 60s, you had a lot of people. It was mostly widows. In fact, that's what Social Security was really kind of designed around was the widows. The men would work until they die, and then the women might live a few years longer. But those that didn't have kids didn't have that immediate support around them. You know, what do you do with them as a society? And that's really what Medicare and Medicaid came out of and Social Security, all of those things. So... From a historical perspective, we don't have a lot of practice planning for an extended health care event. And there's still a lot of confusion on the best way to pay for it. In fact, over half of Americans still believe that Medicare or their health insurance is going to pay for long-term care events. And again, that's not going to. And a lot of that stems from the understanding, you know, or the lack of understanding, I should say, of what long-term care is, medical care, or what we call acute care, compared to long-term care. So we need to really kind of, you know, pause there for a second. I think that's where a lot of this misunderstanding comes from. It's like we're looking at life through our lens. We have health insurance. We assume that we have to have health insurance to get medical care, which I think a lot of us are finding out is just kind of a one that they pulled over on us. Um, the idea is that, oh, well, I've got this insurance. It's, it's going to be okay. Somebody's going to pay. And they just don't stop to think because you, you, it's easy to picture long-term care. What do you see? You close your eyes. Please don't do it if you're driving. But if you close your eyes and, and I say long-term care, what do you picture? A lot of picture people still picture a hospital. They picture a, a nursing home or a, a medical bed. And that's just not what long-term care is. The difference is long-term care is an extended health care event. It's for it's the services and the support that we need to um, so, um, provide independent living. You know, the ability to get through the day. Whereas medical care is more what we call acute care. That's something we're going to heal up from. We fall and we break a bone. We get pneumonia. Um, you know, you go to the doctor to, on a regular basis for your medical care, but the long-term care is something that we're generally, as a rule, not going to heal up from. And there are some exceptions to that, but as a general rule, you're not going to heal up from that. So a lot of us are still confused on what long-term care is and why do I need to plan for that? And the real factor is that nearly three out of four of us are going to end up in a long-term care situation before we die. I mean, sadly, that's it. There's two sides to the coin. You either die or you end up in long-term care before you die. And so that's really the, the you know, why we're looking at this and the country is starting to face this issue as the baby boomers are aging. They're turning 75 now. There's 10,000 a day. That's going to happen for 16 years. And as these people age, a lot of them haven't prepared. And guess what? They're going to go through. They're going to end up extended healthcare situations. And they're going to think, well, there's some kind of safety net there for me. Well, there is in the sense of Medicaid, but it's after you've spent your assets down 
and you've, you're basically impoverished yourself. And that's the problem that we have in this country right now. But there's also a group of people out there, and I talked about this on the show a while back, that you know about 25% of the adults that are eligible financially and physically to get long-term care have it. And there's a lot more people out there that are looking for it. So for those of you that, that understand long-term care and want to protect themselves and they want to protect their families, what's the process entail? How do you put a plan in place? Where do you start? What do you need to know? That's what I want to spend a little bit of time today on on Long-Term Care Radio. But first, we got to take a quick break, so stick around. I'll be right back. New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. The issue of long-term care is so important. A lot of states like Washington are seeking to pass laws requiring payroll deductions to fund it. But the reality is the state's solution is simply a drop in the bucket that will not provide meaningful protection for you or your family. 525 Advisors can provide meaningful coverage through new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into at least $3 of long-term care coverage tax-free. And you get your money back if you never use it, just like the custom plan my wife and I got. Join Brian Ott from 525 Advisors for an upcoming free live webinar. Learn how repositioning some of your savings is a secure way to triple your money today to pay for the high cost of long-term care. Like the state, we agree long-term care is a serious issue, but don't settle for the government's flawed plan. Learn your own options. Attend an upcoming 525 Advisors free live webinar. For the schedule, go to 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Hi, this is Brian Ott with 525 Advisors. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to protect many people and their families with long-term care planning. However, I've also seen how long-term care events devastate families and turn the last years for the family into their worst years. Many people believe the downside from a long-term care situation is limited to financial loss. Yet often, it's the emotional damage that lingers and hurts the family members the most. Watching a loved one go through their savings is one thing, but watching a loved one lose their dignity is far worse. Long-term care insurance provides a dedicated source of funds to help pay for your care when you need it. But more importantly, it provides you with a team of trained professionals that will help you and your family manage your care. Learn how you can stay in control of your care options, maintain your dignity, and protect the people you care about most by attending one of our upcoming live webinars. Sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ong, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. Okay, and uh, I'm back. Thanks again for tuning in this week. And you heard the ads. We've got a couple classes coming up, the 15th and the 24th. So I'm kind of doing reverse this month. Our first class is going to be on Thursday, the 15th. That's a 3 o'clock kickoff on the West Coast time. It's 4 o'clock kickoff Mountain time. And then we're going to have another class on Saturday morning, the 24th. And again, that's going to be an 8 a.m. kickoff if you're on West Coast time and a 9 a.m. kickoff if you're Mountain time. So uh, classes the 15th and the 24th, you can sign up at 525longtermcare.com. And again, the reason why we talk about that, we're, we're going to talk today about the process of getting long-term care. And the, the very first thing that you need to understand is number one process is education. That's why we do these webinars. They're live, and it gives you a chance to get your questions answered. And not only get your questions answered, but I also let you know what the other questions are as they come in so we can all kind of learn together. But let's talk about the process for those of you that are out there thinking, okay, Long-term care might be something I want to look at. I don't fully understand it, but it's something I at least want to put on the horizon to start understanding what do I do if I want to get a plan? What is the actual process? Well, number one is education. I'm just a firm believer in it. That's what we started, you know, long-term care radio. That's why we have this program. That's what 525 Advisors is all about. Understand what it is. A lot of people just don't have their mind wrapped around. When I say long-term care, they think, eh, that's end-of-life care in a hospital or something. I'm not going to worry about that. I'll just go out into the woods and I'll take care of it. That's not what it is, folks. This is about when you need help from others. It can be from a physical impairment. 
It can be from a cognitive impairment, but it's an ongoing situation that is not paid by medical insurance. So understand what long-term care is. Understand the cost of the various services out there. How much does an hour of home care cost? How much does assisted living cost? What is a nursing home? Why would I end up in a nursing home? Are there alternatives to it? How much do those cost? Understand the consequences. Learn about those consequences of long-term care. Most people just think, well, it's expensive. I have enough money. I don't need to worry about it. That's not it. It's when your house burns down and the insurance company shows up and drops you off a sack of money, you still got a lot of problems. You still got a lot of things to figure out. Long-term care is the exact same way. Having a plan not only makes sure you have a dedicated source of money to fund to pay for that care, it helps you make sure that your care is managed in a time of need by providing you that team of professionals that understand how to navigate that situation for you and help you out. You also need to understand the different types of programs out there. There's a lot of people out there that don't understand that we have new programs today that pay you back if you don't use them. Again, we think of insurance as a bill, right? The boat payment without the boat. That's what I always say. And that's what it feels like. I've just got my homeowner's insurance and my car insurance renewal. And I look at that and I go, how many times am I going to write this check? And today we have these new asset-based plans that pay you back. We have ways to fund them by repositioning assets. You can pay limited amounts into them. So you need to understand about these different types of programs if you're going to try to put a long-term care plan in place versus, oh, I think I need a vehicle. Well, if you don't know the difference between a pickup and a car, you might not choose the right one. So just understand the types of programs out there. Understand the various ways that you can fund them. Again, payments over time, a lump sum, a combination, limited payment options, great ways to use retirement accounts, existing annuities, existing life insurance. There's all these things that you want to learn about and educate yourself on. Find out about what the programs cover. This is something I think people are surprised at. Um, Types of care and services. Again, we're used to medical insurance that will come back and say, well, you can't do this, you can't do that, you have to stay in network. You know, long-term care is different. Really what you're buying is you're buying future dollars at a discount today to pay for care and services. Well, that care and services is a wide variety of care and services. Everything from personal care, like helping you with your laundry and and your mail and and grocery shopping, all the way to physical therapy, to the daily activities of living, the custodial stuff, all the way up to skilled nursing. Long-term care pays all that. Long-term care will pay your housing costs when you move into a facility. So it'll pay for things like cable television and rent and Friday night social. So learn about those things. You need to understand what those pay for. You also need to know what the government programs pay for. Medicare, Medicaid, and VA. I will tell you right now, I just got a call. I'm going to do a show on this in the uh, next couple weeks about VA. A lot of veterans believe that they're covered because they're a veteran, and that's just not true. The VA is a means-tested program, a lot like Medicaid, so you need to understand those government programs. Understand the risk of self-insuring. Learn about that. Educate yourself on that before you make a decision. So many people think, well, I have enough money. It's like, well... Maybe you do, but I always, my, my point is, you know, why do people with money shop at Costco? If they can afford to shop at 7-Eleven and 7-Eleven's closer to them, why do they shop at Costco? You know, it's like there's some value to it. So understand the risk of self-insuring financially. Understand the cost to the family physically, emotionally, that, that time suck that we call it when somebody else has to manage your life. You know, learn about how you can receive care. There are so many options out there now. It used to be family took care of you until they couldn't. And then you went to the local nursing home. Well, today we have a wide variety of of options between adult family care, adult homes, in-home care, which is the most common. Three out of four people start their long-term care journey in their own home. So we bring those home health care workers in. But we have continuing care retirement centers. Look around your community. Look at the options. What happens if one of you, if you're married and one of you need to go into a facility because you have cognitive issues? Is there someplace close that one of you could be in and the other one could still manage their life at home. Learn about those options that are out there. And um, I think that's the, you know, the, the, there's a wide variety of ways to do this. The, obviously, the internet, the, web, the website that we have put together, our radio program, our webinars, those are things that we do. And we always say start with education. Understand what it is so that you can make a decision. And I will just tell you right now, long-term care is not right for everybody. There's, a, you know, Financially, there's a lot of people that there's no need to put your money into it because if you end up in long-term care, you're just going to blow through what little savings you have and you're going to end up on Medicaid. The vast majority of my clients could technically self-insure when we look at it from a balance sheet point of view, meaning they're not going to run out of money. It's just that they're going to devastate their estate or they're going to spend money on care 
They're going to pay dollars instead of pennies if they had a plan, and that plan protects their estate. So there's a lot of options you just need to learn about. Do it through our website, through this radio program. If you're tuned in, you're already taking one step there. And through our webinars, which we do a couple every month. Step two in the process, so you decided, yeah, I want to look into this. I want to find out about it. I educate myself on it. What's step number two? You have to find out if you can qualify for coverage. Now, this seems like, what do you mean qualify for coverage? Well, it's like life insurance. They're not going to write life insurance for somebody that's on their deathbed. And so long-term care is doing the same thing. There's medical underwriting to long-term care. So we start with the pre-screen. That pre-screen is going to ask you about things like medications you're taking, procedures planned, any past procedures, any diagnosis you have, your height and weight. Because, again, you know, the, the, your BMI chart by each insurance carrier is a little bit different. So somebody might say no. Somebody else might say yes based on, just on your height and weight. And don't ever fill out an application ever with an advisor if they haven't asked you health questions. And it's not about getting personal with you. It's about they need to understand this before they submit. Because if you submit and you get turned down for something silly, like you're still in physical therapy for three weeks because you you broke your ankle six months ago, well, guess what? You're going to be a turn down because you're still in physical therapy. They should have just waited till you got out of physical therapy. And then a lot of insurance carriers will say, well, you've been turned down. You've applied within two years. You have to wait two years. So there's a lot of little nuances like that that a good advisor will understand that they're going to get the health questions first before they apply. The third step in the process is designing your plan. Now, this can seem overwhelming at first, but it's really not if you're working with a qualified advisor, somebody that's been doing it for a while, because they're going to, you know, they should be asking you about your income, because what we're trying to figure out is we're trying to figure out the coverage you want and the best way to pay for it. That's the end goal when we design a plan. And to do that, we find out about your assets. We find out about your income. You know, are your assets in retirement accounts? Are they real estate? Are they cash? All of that helps us kind of create that plan because we can look at it and say, okay, you are cash heavy or you are fixed asset. You know, you've got a lot of real estate. Well, those are two different things because liquidating assets to pay for care can be very, you know, time consuming if it's something like real estate or the market's fluctuating. And so we always look at things like that. And then we always want to understand your income, social security, pension, required minimum distributions, rental income, business income, because that can help us figure out the best way to pay for a plan. So you design this plan. You might come in and say, I want $10,000 a month for life great. We agree. That's meaningful. We're looking at your income. We're looking at those things. But then step two is how do we pay for that? What's the best way to do it? Well, I just want a lump sum. Well, it turns out you're a business owner. Let's carve the part that's deductible out and deduct some of that for the next 10 years. So those are the things that we're doing when we're trying to design a plan. And that's really key. Make sure that you're just open and honest with your advisor because that is your plan. I have my own plan. We're going to design a plan that's right for you, and they're not going to be the same plan. The final step on getting a plan that you have to understand how this process works is with any carrier, you're going to go through an underwriting process. That means we're going to get an application. We're going to ask you those health questions that we asked you before. There's going to be some more detailed ones on the application. We're going to get your address. We've got to get the personal information. You know, these are tax information things, so you've got to have a Social Security number and all that stuff, and you submit it to the insurance company. At that point, once that file is submitted, most of them are done electronically, meaning that you don't have to sign a bunch of physical papers and mail them. I do have, I think, two carriers right now that are still kind of old school on the physical paper, but we, we rarely use those, and they'll probably be changed in the next year or two. So the application is usually done over the phone, signed electronically, submitted to the carrier. Then they are gonna, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to pull a prescription drug check on you. So you always got to be honest with that. That's the very first thing they're going to do. And then they're going to set up a phone interview, which is the first step in the underwriting process. And then if they need additional information, they may go get medical records from the doctor. They may do a face-to-face visit. It depends on your situation. And a good advisor will tell you, like our case manager, Madeline, the first thing she does before I even talk with our clients is she goes through all that information. And then when we come back and we settle on a carrier, she already knows what that process is going to be and can guide you and help you get through that process. So that's really it. And then once you're approved... We fund the policy, we deliver a policy to you, and you're covered. And that's the great thing about long-term care underwriting is you get the policy today, they can't take it away from you even if your health changes. I've got to take a quick break for the news here, looking at the clock here. So stick around. When I come back, I'm going to introduce you to Ted and Allison, our client of the week. I'll be right back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. 
providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended healthcare situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, Certified Long-Term Care Planning Specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back, and thanks for tuning in. If you just tuned in, um, today we were just kind of talking about that last segment about the process of getting a a long-term care plan in place. And again, you know, quick highlights of it. Start with education. Find out what long-term care is. Educate yourself. Do it through our website, these radio programs. It's a great start. You know, then we'll design a custom plan. We'll get you approved. We'll get you sent through the underwriting process, and then you own that plan. And that is what is so wonderful about long-term care is that when you have that plan, if your health changes, you become uninsurable down the road, you have that coverage. And that's a mistake that a lot of people make. They wait until they get too close to needing it, and then they just can't get in because their health is compromised. So um, the bottom of the hour, we always bring our client of the week. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to get very excited about this this uh, this one this week. And I want you guys to just buckle up because now this is a big, big case. It's one of the bigger cases we've ever put together. And there's a lot of parts to it and a lot of moving parts. So I don't want you to try to absorb all this or, or, or get hooked up on the numbers or anything because I just want you to understand the process and what we did and how we funded this. This is a very unique way of funding an asset-based plan, which is very advantageous. So our client this week is Ted, who is 62, Allison, who is 60. They're both still working. They have three adult children. They have an existing long-term care insurance policy in place right now. They took this out over 10 years ago. It's just a traditional pay-as-you-go plan. And they've seen the rates go up twice on them so far. So that means they've had a premium increase. Because remember, traditional plans are not guaranteed level payments. And so that is something that they've, they've noticed already. They've seen two premium increases. Ted's mother just passed away and left him an inheritance. And this is one of the reasons why he reached out to us. When they were settling the estate, you know, he realized that, man, long-term care insurance was very important because both of Ted's parents were in long-term care situations before they passed away. Ted went back through. He was meeting with their accountant. They were going over the estate. He had the 1099 LTC. So, you know, when you have interest at a bank, you get a 1099 that tells you how much interest you earned. When you pull money out of a retirement account, you get a 1099R that tells you how much money you pulled out of your retirement account that year. Well, when you have long-term care insurance, the insurance company sends you a 1099 LTC, which just simply says this is how much money they paid you. Now, remember, long-term care insurance reimbursement, it's just tax-free. You don't have to claim that as income. It's just a way of keeping track of how much money the insurance company paid out. So he went through and added up the 1099 LTCs for his parents. It was over $800,000 that the policies had paid out on his mom and his dad over those years. So he was a big proponent of long-term care insurance. He already had a policy. He knew it was important, but they had a very small policy. So this is why they saw this. They saw the long-term care in action, and he realized, he goes, gosh, look at the money that my parents got. And and, and, and Ted was smart enough financially saying that, yeah, this is what they got paid, $800,000, but if they would have had to liquidate assets, I'm like, yeah, they would have paid what, $120 or $1.2 million, $1.3 million, because they would have had to sell off those assets. Those assets wouldn't have been able to grow anymore. They would have had a smaller inheritance. And so that's really what was motivating him. So keep that in mind. What their concerns were, protecting their estate and passing on as much as possible to their children. I mean, he just got a gift from his parents, and he said, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to work hard. I'm going to build up the estate. I don't want to pay it in long-term care costs. I want somebody else to pay that. And he goes, I want my money to grow. Allison's parents are both gone, but they spent most of their savings down before they died. They did not have long-term care insurance, and, and Allison said this was hard to watch. And again, it is. We work hard. It's a matter of pride. I don't need insurance. I don't need this. I don't need that. And then you start whittling down that estate, and that's what Allison's parents did. And so they basically died broke. And so there was a big difference there. So it was very interesting listening to these two talk about their their parents. 
they wanted to make sure they had catastrophic coverage. They said, look, it's another thing we're aware of. People are living longer. Some of these events are lasting longer, and they're very true. If we just go back 20 years ago, the average claim for long-term care insurance was three years. Today, it's four years. And you think, well, it's not that long. It's like, no, that's the average. And if you look at the longest cases that are out there that are still going, most of the carriers have cases that are 12, 13, 14 years old. We have one that's 22 years active claim. So people are living longer in long-term care situations. So they really wanted catastrophic coverage, meaning they didn't run out of, of coverage. They want a plan to replace their existing, which only provided three years of coverage. So they had a little traditional pay-as-you-go plan, but if they start going on claim and they pulled out all their monthly benefit, it was only going to last them three years. They were also concerned about the ongoing payments with their traditional plan, and they just didn't like the fact that those payments were going up. There was no other value in it, and they were ready to see if there was a better option for them. Here's what we found out about them. So both were still um, going to work for another year or two. They weren't real sure. They are basically getting ready to retire. Ted would have a small pension in Social Security. Allison would have Social Security when she retires. Um, they have good retirement accounts set up. They own their home free and clear. Um, they've got some cash savings. They just inherited a sizable sum of money, and they were not counting on that. And, you know, a kind of a side note on this, too. What was very interesting is Ted says, you know, his parents didn't really talk to him. So him and his sister were really surprised when they inherited this money because his mom lived pretty modestly and, and his dad had passed away years ago. But he said, look, I just we just weren't expecting any of this. And so it was kind of part of the surprise. And that's why he tied all that back together. Like, how did his parents have that much money? And he realized, well, how much money they were pulling out of their existing policies there at their end of life. Um, they planned on they would you know start traveling more when they retired. They did a little bit of traveling now, but they were really looking forward to doing some more traveling. They'd like to age in place, which you know they said. But we're also well aware that you know like Ted's mom lived in an assisted living facility for almost five years at her end of life, and he goes, so we understand that that might be a way to go. Um, but they're both in good health right now, so just you know minor issues, blood pressure, things like that, but nothing that would stop them from getting a plan put in place. What they wanted from their long-term care plan, more coverage than they currently had. They wanted guaranteed level payments. Again, their traditional plan had been, you know, the payments had gone up twice. So they wanted guaranteed level payments or no payments. They really liked the idea of just doing a lump sum of money since they just had this inheritance. And they thought maybe we can just put some of this money to work and get us a plan that will just cover us that will be better. They would love the money to go back to the estate if they don't use their plan. That's what really drew them in, saying, look, if I can get away from this pay-as-you-go, use-it-or-lose-it type of traditional plan I have to an asset-based plan that will pay me back, that's more attractive to me. So that's what was really driving them there. They also wanted a quality company. They were concerned because their company no longer sold long-term care insurance, and they were now being serviced by a new company. And they are asking me about this and said, yes, that's very common. Remember, we had 127 traditional companies offering traditional long-term care insurance at one point. 125, 127, somewhere in there. Today, we have less than 10. And so what happened is you had some very big companies like Transamerica, John Hancock, Prudential, uh, Mass Mutual just got out of the long-term care insurance on traditional. They just walked away. So Ted was saying, I don't know that I really want to be with a company that's not offering long-term care insurance. And technically, those companies that aren't offering it, that are still servicing their policies, if they're a good A-plus rated company, you're going to be fine. But a lot of those companies just simply transferred the contracts over to like Genworth or some other long-term care servicing company to do that. So they really wanted a good company. They liked the idea of lifetime benefits, and they wanted really good claim support. And again, you're talking to somebody that's gone through experience. Ted was just saying, you know, we really didn't have to do a whole lot with my mom. She was able, she was cognitive her whole stay there in the assisted living. So it was just physical impairment, but she was able to manage everything through the insurance company and handle all that. He said, we didn't get called to figure out, you know, what Medicare was going to pay for or anything that was all taken care of. So they wanted to pass that on to their kids. So here's what we did. This is what we looked at for him. We obviously went to the asset-based plans, plans that'll pay you back. That's what was important to them. But let's talk about funding for a second. The plan that we designed could be funded in a single lump sum. It could be funded in guaranteed level payments for five years or 10 years or even 20 years. You could, you could fund it that way. You could fund the plan with um, a combination of that. So you could do a smaller deposit and smaller ongoing payments. There's all kinds of things you could do with this plan. But Ted just inherited money. 
and a big chunk of this money from the estate came. He had cash, but he also had inherited an IRA from his mother. Okay, so remember what the Secure Act did. The Secure Act went into effect in January 2020. Remember what it does with inherited IRAs now. The person that inherits, when the kid inherits that IRA, they now have to take that money and they have to distribute that out within 10 years. Now, there's still some tax law going. Do they have to take some minimum distribution or can they just wait 10 years and take it all out? Some tax people are saying, well, you still have to calculate a minimum distribution based over your lifetime and take at least that amount out, but you have to have it all out by 10 years. But the bottom line is you have to have that money out in 10 years. And when you pull that out, you count it as income and you pay tax on it. The SECURE Act did that because there's billions and billions of dollars in retirement accounts that are going to get passed on to the next generation. And it used to be we could just spread them out over our lifetime. Well, if you take, you know, 60 and 62-year-old Ted and Allison, they could spread that out a really long time. So what the IRS is trying to say is, no, 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 you got to squeeze all that money out within 10 years and pay taxes on it so they can get that, you know, that tax money rolling in. And it's probably going to be in a higher tax rate in a lot of cases. So that's why the SECURE Act did that. And remember, they also push required minimum distributions up to 72. The SECURE Act, too, might push that up as high as 75. That's not a gift to us that are going through retirement. It's a penalty because what's going to happen is we're going to hold off with you know taking that money out, pass more on to our kids. Our kids will have to take it out and pay a higher tax rate on it in a lot of cases. So that's what the SECURE Act did. So Ted and Allison have this, this inherited IRA, and they've got to liquidate it now. They've got to pull the money out over 10 years, and they've got to pay taxes on it. So they're probably going to start pulling that money out right now as much as they can because they're going to retire here shortly and they're going to try to hold off on Social Security and they're going to try to minimize their 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 tax bill on that. So we start talking about these funding options and I said, look, you have this inherited IRA. I have a plan where we can put that money to work. We can meet the SECURE Act requirements, meaning we have all that money distributed out over 10 years but you don't have to pay tax on it today. We can spread those taxes out over 10 years. Boy, that caught their eye because they're going to have to pull that money out anyway. They're planning on doing that. They were talking to their CPA saying, well, the strategy is probably just to divide it up by 10 and try to pull that out. And remember, if it's earning money or going up in the market, you've got to pull a little bit more out every year to make sure you get that thing distributed. So here's what we ended up doing. Now, this is where I want you just to hang tight on this because we went to the maximum deal. Ted said, what's the maximum amount I can put in this because I have this inherited IRA. We weren't counting on it. Can we reposition it? Yes, but to a limit. So the most money I could reposition was $659,000, which was most of it. It wasn't all of it, but it was most of it. So we took and we rolled $659,000 of this inherited IRA over to the insurance company. What that's going to do is it's going to provide Ted and it's going to provide Allison each with $240,000 a year of tax-free long-term care insurance. So $20,000 a month. If they're both on claim, they get to pull $40,000 a month out of this policy for as long as they need it. They will never run out of that long-term care benefit. If they don't use their plan, they will get $1 million paid back to the estate tax-free. Now, remember, they put 659 in today. If they die 20 years down the road and they don't use it, a million dollars is paid back to the estate, but that's paid back tax-free. It's no longer an IRA. That's what Ed Slot talks about, taking money that's always taxable, IRA money, and turning it into money that is never taxable. So that's going to be long-term care insurance. That's going to be whole life insurance, something like that. Ed Slot's the CPA that's on PBS a lot, if you're wondering who that, that, that guy is. He wrote a book uh, just not too long ago, and he's, he talks about the taxes in retirement and how you have to look about passing it on to the next generation and how they're probably going to pay more taxes. That's what the SECURE Act did. So by rolling the 659 out today, they're guaranteed to get a million dollars back tax-free. That million dollars can come back in just all tax-free death benefit, or it can come back in... Um, you know, 500,000 of it was used for long-term care. The other 500,000 is going to be paid back tax-free to long-term care or, or death benefit. Now, that million-dollar death benefit is the final number after eight years. When they put that money in, remember what we did is we rolled this IRA money over. And I know, folks, this is where you the eyes start rolling. So I'm going to slow down a little bit here because there's so many moving parts to this. But just at the end result, it's just awesome. 
we took that IRA that they inherited and we took most of it and we just rolled it into an IRA in the background technically with the insurance company. That's what the IRS sees. The insurance company then says, we're going to take a distribution out of that to pay this insurance plan that we set up and we're going to do it over 10 years. So technically they've got a 10 pay plan on the books with the insurance company, but they just paid it in one lump sum with the insurance company. So if they die in year one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, the first eight years, there's going to be some money left in that IRA that they didn't distribute because the death benefit's going to be paid out from the insurance policy. So year one, if they die, 1.5 million, 1.585 is paid out. You go out to year four, they die, $1,360,000 is paid out. So my point is it'd be equivalent to them setting up a 10 pay of their own, which they could do. And they could just go out and do that. So they could buy this same exact plan for just writing a check out of that IRA every year for seventy-eight or $79,000. That's what they could do. So they could say, well, I'm just going to write a check for $79,000 every single year, and I could have the same plan. Or I can just give the insurance company the six fifty-nine right now. They will generate those $79,000 payments out of that IRA money. I get to spread the taxes out over 10 years, and I get this immediate benefit, and they don't have to worry about it. So that's the route they chose because now what we're doing is we're taking this money that is taxable, we're meeting the SECURE Act, we're distributing it, they're going to pay taxes on it at a rate of $79,000 every year because that money is still earning some interest. So basically six fifty nine dollars is guaranteed to buy them $790,000 of payments of insurance. So net, 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 what they did is they just rolled six hundred and fifty nine in. They each got a quarter million dollars a year, basically tax-free for long-term care insurance for as long as they need it. And if they don't use the plan, a million dollars is paid back to the estate. So in a nutshell, that's what they did. They took something that they had in one pocket, they put a bunch of features on it, and we stuck it back in another pocket. Now, other features that this plan has. for home improvement and medical equipment. So that means if they want to age in place, they need wheelchair ramps, stair lift, whatever they want, they get two times that monthly benefit. They get $40,000 to use for caregiver training. And again, they're still going to get their $20,000 a month per person for their long-term care as well too. They have a concierge-level claim support. That means somebody is assigned to them and their family that will help guide them, help them get the case managers, the care coordination, help them do reviews on on facilities if they have to move, whatever it is. Help them find somebody to come in and do some work on their house. Concierge claims support is just fantastic. They have international coverage. They have $10,000 a month per person internationally for the first million dollars of coverage. If they want to go to Canada, they want to live anywhere in the United States, there's territories, they get 100% of their benefit, so that $240,000 a year per person for life. So very, very robust plan as far as coverage areas go. little more about how this plan works. I just want you to understand this. We're simply rolling an inherited IRA. We're just rolling it over to the, to, to the insurance company, and they're technically setting up an IRA. That's why it's not a taxable event. It's like moving your money from Schwab to Fidelity, but it's still in a retirement account. It's not a taxable event. The insurance company then does the work work on their end, and they say, we're going to take out payments to make payments into this plan every year for 10 years. At the end of the 10 years, they're not going to get a 1099 anymore. The plan will be fully paid up, and they're either going to have $240,000 a year for the rest of their life, or if they don't use it, a million dollars is going to be passed back onto their kids tax-free. So they just, you know, it's such a win-win because what they're trying to do, as Ted said, is I'm trying to insure against a catastrophic event. So if this $659,000 can save me $3 million down the road that I can pass on to my family, it's well worth it. And if I don't need it, that $659,000 turns into a million dollars guaranteed tax-free to my state. That's worth it. But in the meantime, they have the, this is the max plan I can do. I can't go higher than $20,000 a month of long-term care. Ted and Allison are young. They don't need that much benefit right now, or they don't think they do. You know, there's a chance you could spend that, but statistically, you probably want it. But again, over time, it's going to keep up with inflation. That's the idea. They've got a very, very meaningful plan in place. So I will just tell you, folks, the number one thing about using retirement plans when they're structured, especially inherited IRAs, is you can turn that taxable money into tax-free money for your estate. And that's really what we're trying to figure out and figure out to do. You still got to pay the taxes on it today, but the growth of it and everything else, the benefit down the road is going to be tax-free. So that's what's really good. 
I've got to take a break, come up for air, but stick around. I've got a little bit more left on Long-Term Care Radio. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes, guarantee the quality of your care, and preserve your legacy and wealth by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. You've heard me say Brian Ott with 525 Advisors is the best in the country when it comes to long-term care planning. And it's not just me saying that. Recently, Brian was recognized as the top advisor in the country for long-term care plans with lifetime benefits. That's the same type of plan my wife and I have. Well, this is the fifth year in a row he's received this award. That's truly amazing. But when I asked Brian about it, he said he couldn't do it without you, my listeners, because you get it. And you're a bit smarter than the average person. I know that. Long-term care planning is about protecting the people you care about, and government is not going to do that for you. My wife and I put a plan in place with Brian. We have the comfort of knowing that our care will be funded and managed in a time of need, taking that burden off our girls. And if we get lucky and don't need it, our plan will pay our estate back. I know it sounds too good to be true, but it's not. Get the peace of mind knowing your family is protected. Contact my friends at 525 Advisors and work with the best. They'll take time to design a custom plan just for you. Find out more at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Do you know that 7 out of 10 people past the age of 65 need at some point some sort of long-term care? That's 70%. Now, many of us think it could never happen to us or somebody else is going to be there to take care of us, but the facts are clear. Most of us will need to pay for help in the future. And not only is that help expensive, but it puts a burden on family members as well. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, start today with 525 Advisors. Recent changes to the Pension Protection Act have made new programs more advantageous than ever. How would you like to get your premiums back if you never use your long-term care insurance? Well, you can. How would you like to leverage some of your savings for increased coverage using tax-free dollars? Now you can. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. Protect yourself and your family members from the high cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. And welcome back. And uh, again, thanks for uh, tuning in to Long-Term Care Radio. We do appreciate the interest. And again, if you're just joining us, we have our podcast available on the website. So if you miss this or you're in the car, you're bouncing around in and out, because I know a lot of the shows are airing on Saturday on the radio stations, um, go back and grab the podcast or ask your smart speaker to play it. But we've got to, you know, we always keep about a year's worth of podcasts out there. So you can always kind of listen to some of the different shows. This week, we we're just really talking about the process and, you know, what you have to do to get through and get a policy put in place, understanding what the steps actually are. Because we do get those calls. Do I have to do a physical? Do I have to do this? Do I have to go see a doctor? And so, again, that's kind of what this show was about is just the process. Now, we just had a huge client of the week. Um, part of the big dilemma in this country for long-term care is a lot of people, I mean, I'll just be honest with you, a lot of people take it a matter of pride. It's like a reverse mortgage. Oh, I don't need one of those. Well, there were some great loopholes in reverse mortgages. In fact, they just changed them because they were such a great tool for the people that were wealthy and knew how to use them. Because again, you can pay them back, you can do all these other things. Well, long-term care insurance, I think it's got this, you know, people think of it, long-term care insurance is bad. It's just put that on a bumper sticker. Because they think if I have enough money, I don't need to worry about it. Well, Ted and Allison were a classic example. Is this worth it? Is the long-term care insurance worth it? They just inherited some money and they said, look, I can turn six fifty nine into a guaranteed million dollars tax-free. We're not going to use that money for retirement. We're not going to use it to live on. Some people will look at it and say, well, I could put it in an indexed fund and I could blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, no, not really. You got to pull that, that six fifty nine out over 10 years pay the tax on it, and then you can put the remainder of it in an index fund and you could outgrow it. Maybe you'd have $1.2 million at the end of your life, or maybe you'd have $2 million if you're a really good investor. But what you're dismissing on that is what happens if you end up in long-term care? For a married couple, there's a 92% chance that they're going to use this policy for long-term care. And so the idea there is now I've got this $20,000 tax-free check coming in that's going to pay my expenses. Guess what? I can save all my other money, my Social Security, my pension, my 
RMD money that I'm taking on my retirement accounts, all that money is just now savings is going to go to a state building tool. That's what it is. And so when we have somebody like Ted and Allison, you know, they're classic examples because he just went through and he saw how much money this saved as a state. And I don't know if you picked up on it or not, but I was telling you, like, Ted picked up on this. The $800-plus that his parents used in long-term care insurance, that's a pretty extreme case, but not really. You know, $400,000 per person if you just divide it by two. But the point was it wasn't $800,000. If they would have been self-funding, it would have been more because they would have had to sell assets off. They would have sold off stocks and holdings that were not going to be generating and growing over the last 10 years and who knows what that would have cost their estate. It could have been you know, a couple million dollars smaller estate if they were self-funding their long-term care. So that's the power of long-term care insurance. It's a dedicated bucket of money to pay for care. It also helps your family manage your care. But more importantly, with these new plans, you're going to get your money back. And in a lot of cases like this this week, you can get more money back than you put into your plan. And everybody will say, well, I can get a better return in the stock market. Yeah, well, you know, are all your savings, all your cash, all your assets in the stock market? Probably not. And so this, again, is just one of those defined buckets that you want to look at. So, um, again, we got a couple classes coming up the 15th and the 24th. It's always just a great way. Join us, kind of find out how we work, ask your questions. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more in detail about all the things we talk about the radio. We do it in one kind of tidy little 45-minute package and then answer your questions. The webinars are live. You just sign up and we'll send you a link and you can watch it in your browser. So easy way to do it. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Enjoy these last few days of summer and I'll be back next week with another new show. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available. If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com. The issue of long-term care is so important. A lot of states like Washington are seeking to pass laws requiring payroll deductions to fund it. But the reality is the state's solution is simply a drop in the bucket that will not provide meaningful protection for you or your family. 525 Advisors can provide meaningful coverage through new plans with guaranteed leverage that turn every dollar into at least $3 of long-term care coverage tax-free. And you get your money back if you never use it, just like the custom plan my wife and I got. Join Brian Ott from 525 Advisors for an upcoming free live webinar. Learn how repositioning some of your savings is a secure way to triple your money today to pay for the high cost of long-term care. Like the state, we agree long-term care is a serious issue, but don't settle for the government's flawed plan. Learn your own options. Attend an upcoming 525 Advisors free live webinar. For the schedule, go to 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com.